With almost childlike excitement, Marie-France awaited the luminous nights when the moon carved out eerie shapes and spilled its warm light on the lush Charente landscape. Following a cherished ritual, she would open the bedroom window wide and dreamily let her white muslin robe slip off her body and drift to the parquet floor. Then she would recline on the old sofa, which was loosely draped with Indian fabric, and for hours, sometimes the entire night, she would offer her nude body to the moonlight. Regardless of the season, Marie-France Lavoisier was faithful to this sensuous moon-bath rite. It's an extraordinary way to renew yourself, she would explain to the incredulous lovers she abandoned in her bed on those nights. She had taken up this practice years earlier during a trip to Africa, Togo to be precise, where a tribal chief had enchanted her with his lectures on the enormous and unknown powers of the Earth's satellite. Since then, this tenacious daughter of wine merchants from the Charente region had sworn by the sacred cycles of the moon. She was quiet and reflective during one phase, dynamic, potent, and even opportunistic the next. Triumphantly entering her fifties, the Lavoisier woman, many in Cognac called her that, was still single, but so constantly pursued she never doubted her beauty or her powers of seduction. The moon's influence, to be sure. Or at least, that's what she told herself when she stood before the mirror. She had pale blue eyes, porcelain white teeth, delicate lips, and an alluring gaze, along with thick golden hair. When enticing a lover, she would run her long bejeweled fingers through her locks to play up this feature. Marie-France Lavoisier was convinced that she was a femme fatale, and hated anyone who resisted her charms. She had one liaison after another, both one-night stands and longer affairs with men from various social milieus. She was especially attracted to those who could benefit her cognac business, which had fallen on hard times in the vagaries of an unstable economy. Some even maintained that Marie-France Lavoisier, head of the eponymous company, had been the mistress of an important dignitary before the man became intimately familiar with the luxury of the presidential palace. At any rate, such was the gossip, undoubtedly fanned by jealous minds who resented beauty that was a touch too insolent and manipulative. Certainly Marie-France still had a glowing complexion, but the future of Cognac in general, and the family business in particular, was less promising these days. The firm's problems had intensified after her father's death, when the estate was distributed, and Claude Henri, Marie-France's older brother, had sold his shares to a group of Chinese investors. Neither Marie-France nor her younger brother, who was called Little Pierre, even though he was in his forties, had the means to buy them back. Claude Henri, a good-for-nothing who was consumed by visions of grandeur, thirsty for money and pathologically proud, had gotten it into his head to expand his wealth in Canada. Stubborn like the rest of the Lavoisier family, and armed with his inheritance, he had abandoned his sister and brother one damp winter morning. Decked out like a groom, he had come downstairs as the coffee was brewing to say his parsimonious farewell. He barely uttered a word— scrutinized Marie-France in her dressing-gown, and smiled before awkwardly kissing his sister and brother 
I'm promising to send news very soon. It's the kiss of Judas, little Pierre had said, his eyes brimming with tears. Then he took refuge in the yard that ran all the way to the Charente River and cried his heart out for the rest of the morning.